So I had this whole thing in my head. I was like, for the intro, I'd have you go like, uh, you'd be like, eat shit, grizzlies, go catch, go. And I'd be like, but obviously it's not going to work out like that in my mind, but uh, you know. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to a special edition of the R&R Cat Cast. Cat Grizz, Cat Grizz. <laughs> it's that time of year, isn't it? You know what it's not? It's not Grizz Cat. Oh, my gosh. Please, just, like, never call it that. I wrote down a couple things. Uh, what do you think of a- the Brawl of the Wild? That Don't take my thunder. We'll talk about that later. I had that question, too. I'm okay. curious your thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. I do have a thought on the grizz cat. It sounds like its own animal. Like, hey, I might have saw a grizz cat in the in the woods yesterday. What do you think? <laughs> That's a scary grizz cat over there. Don't go over there. <laughs> do you remember that show on Nickelodeon when we were, I don't know, probably in our early teens or earlier? The cat dog. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not dog cat. That sounds really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Then maybe that it's its own animal. Grizz cat sounds like its own animal. Either way, it's cat grizz it sounds better. That's yeah. What it is. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because you'll never hear any cat fan ever call it grizz cat, but you'll hear about fifty fifty maybe from the from the grizz fans. Like not even all the grizz fans are on board with it, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't even like brawl of the wild. I think that's kind of silly, but. I said we were going to talk about that okay, later. Okay, okay, okay. But now we uh, – anyway, what are you drinking? We talked about what we're going to drink. Very important. I chose I chose carefully. You go first. Well, that's my introduction, Ryan. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, I'm drinking one of my favorite beers that I did, uh, found out over this past year. It's from Fort George, uh, which is in – Astoria, Oregon. It's called City of Dreams. It's a pale ale. It's a hazy pale ale. And over the summer, um, the hazy kick was everywhere here in eastern Washington. Um, so they were hazing everything, you know, I- IPAs, pale ales, everything. So if you don't know what a hazy beer is, basically pour it out of the can and you'll see what, what the hazy means. Uh, it's just really good. It's very citrusy. Uh, it's the pale ale. It's five and a half, so it's nice and easy to drink it is really good and it's got a cool little can it's got like this port little city on there it's a really neat looking can again i'm attracted to a nice can so good beer good can good brewery uh they had one today from fort george called the optimist <laughs> i was like i'm almost bought that just based off of what week we're in so but that's what i'm drinking tonight is a hazy beer like the beer equi- equivalent of like a Dirty martini? Uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I know it's. I, a, I know it's like a craze. Like you, you'll see it a lot now. Like Sierra Nevada has a beer called a Hazy Little Thing, and like our, at least my local brewery, uh, I've talked about them before, Perry Street, and they had three or four hazies on at one point. So some hmm. people call them like a New England style IPA or pale ale. Uh, but I've been seeing them more, more or less just called hazy. So you, you know what a sidebar here, you know what a red beer is, right? Well, it depends on what you call red beer. Well, not like a red style beer, like a, just a red beer. 
Well, like I said, depends. Like I, I think of a red beer as like a like a Miller Lite with tomato juice. Yes. Like, yeah. So you said the New England style beer reminded me of a story when I was in Boston and nobody had any idea what I was talking about when I ordered a red beer. So that's interesting because you went to Montana State and we don't order red beers. We will order Clamato beers. I ordered a red beer, but I just ordered it with Clamato because I liked Clamato better. Yeah, me too. <laughs> is that a Montana the, thing? I, I, it must be. I used to get it at the hideaway all the time. I don't even know if the hideaway is still around, but that's where I would drink a majority of my red beers for sure. They are pretty good. So, I like to put like a little bit of seasoning salt on top too. That tastes pretty good. Too much work. Eh, whatever. Seasoning salt and, and koozies. I like koozies. You know, speaking yeah, I know. of which, you, you I, just... I still got one. It's right here. It's on my beard <laughs> right now. It's awesome. Keeping my beer nice and cold. Keeping your hand nice and warm. Yep. I'm happy for you. Dual purpose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, so I went down to my local grocery store to try and find a Montana beer. And we have, oh, what is the brewery, the big one in Missoula? Why can't I? It's blanking on the name. Yeah, the one that makes like Moose Drool. Big Sky. Which I like. But I ain't drinking it this week. So my next closest... uh, beer was montucky cold snacks which apparently is not even brewed in montana so but it's like owned and operated in bozeman so close enough have you ever had montucky cold snacks i think i've had one yeah it's just like a light lager it's okay but hey bozeman beer sort of better than a missoula beer completely and you can find it in western washington there you go it's everywhere montucky cold snacks is everywhere it's in every single like grocery store out here. I don't. They're they're doing good distribution. Those guys. It's interesting. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I necessarily see it a lot in Spokane. Hmm. Well, you and your hazy beers. We don't. I've never heard of a hazy beer out here. So. Well, catch your eye now. <laughs> now that I introduced you to that term, is you're going to see it. You know, just watch. I usually ignore the wall of Washington beers because ninety five percent of their IPAs and IPAs are disgusting. You and I are going to disagree on that, but yeah. we don't have to hash that out. Nope. <laughs> All right. So there's the beer segment. You want to get into Cat Grizz? Not really. Discussion. No? <laughs> I, I guess we have to, right? Yeah, let's talk about the game. I mean, we don't have to get too in-depth. If you want really good analysis, I mean, Coulter, Brooks, Skyline, even Gus Tutel on the ESPN show, they've been giving some great content this week so far, um, real in-depth to, uh, previous matchups and stuff like that. Um, we'll talk about that, of course, but we don't know anything near what, especially Coulter, especially Brooks. I love what Brooks says, but uh, I know you do too, but we're not going to get to that in-depth level, but we are going to give it the college shot. So, as we say, and another thing kind of on that, uh, you know, Coulter and his crew over at Skyline, have done just a tremendous job of pushing out like authentic, great, in-depth content. And we're not here to, um, you know, impeach or not impeach. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, basically steal any of his content or, you know, go you know piggyback off of what they're saying. And we talked about that before we got on that. We didn't want to just kind of rehash anything that, no. That they were putting out, um, and again, we're just two guys sitting, uh, sitting around on a 
what is it a Wednesday night, you know, just talking about it from a fan's perspective. Yeah. So yeah, we'll you're bring in the that middle. flavor to it. You're in the middle of a move. I've had kind of a hectic week here too. It's just been like, all right, let's, let's uh, see if we can't find some time to do the cat grist special we talked about. So I've been looking forward to it. Now know, that we're talking, too. I'm feeling a little bit better about it. So good. Good. Yeah. I hadn't really gotten excited about the game until today. I don't know if I was still in the, the haze, nice haze from the, from the Northern Colorado game. It's just where I just wasn't satisfied and I hadn't really been excited yet for Cat Grizz. But here today, I just kind of like a lightning bolt, like, oh yeah, it's time. It's Cat Grizz week. Let's do this. You know, like, do you remember what I texted you uh, Saturday night? No, I had several <laughs> beers at that point. <laughs> I texted you, and I was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, a little bit kind of true, and if I'm honest, I really don't like Cat Grizz Week all that much. It's like the the week you love to hate. Like, it's just like, ah, it's, you, can't get, you can't stop thinking about it. You get nervous. You get excited. You're like, I don't want to lose. I hope we win. It's just, it's, it's wrenching all week, that's for sure. For sure. It's, it's almost too, pr- too much pressure on me. Like I found myself uh, this morning, I was up around, you know, five or so. And I was thinking about matchup stuff. And I was like, I need to, I need to continue to sleep. I need my sleep at this point. Uh, my son is going to be up in a little bit. And I'm going to have to get up early anyways. It's like, you know, I'm just thinking about Cat Grizz matchups. I'm like, okay, first quarter, we got to, we got to control the tempo. <laughs> Segway, <laughs> perfect time. <laughs> Too much pressure. <laughs> yep. I hear you. So. Like I said, that's that's perfect time to actually talk about some matchups. Let's start at the beginning. Um, do you want the ball first or not? In I this don't. Game? I would defer. I, I agree. Um, we had been texting with a little bit, and uh, I like what Driscoll Cat said. I, I always forget about the fact that in Washington Grizz, especially, you want the ball in the second half because nobody's there, and the, not that's not really knock. I mean, it is a knock on them, but it's a point from which we have no footing to stand on either because we're no better at it. But you definitely want to take – you want that ball in the second half so your offense has can operate in uh, relative silence. <laughs> so I agree. Um, you definitely want to kick off to start with. But you also don't want the, to give up yet another opening drive touchdown in a game like this either. No. So that's the downside. You don't want – you don't want uh, – one of my biggest keys is just – uh, turn Dalton Sneed into the bad version of Dalton Sneed, the one that he was those three games, that three-game losing streak. So if he gets rolling right off the bat with that energy and just gets rolling, that's going to be bad omen. So you're putting a lot of pressure on the defense right to start. Absolutely. And to me, that was my key point, um, is trying to create that pressure. If we sit back and play – um, kind of a conservative defense. Uh, some people call it like a base defense. Well, I don't know. Maybe we do get to him because uh, as catalogued in many discussions, the Grizzlies O-line is their weakest point and our defensive line is one of our our biggest strengths. But, you know, one thing I would really kind of want to see is some dialed up blitzes. And, and something we have talked about a little bit this year, we haven't really seen as many blitzes uh, as we would normally do. So I'm interested to see uh, what Greg Rock, Greg Rack, uh, dials up 
is he going to be aggressive and bring some exotic looks or are we going to stay pretty much what we've been doing all year long? So, yeah, that's, that's one of the matchups I had um, highlighted. It was the Grizz offensive line versus our, you know, D line front seven, depending on how you're, if you're bringing pressure or not, but I think we can get pressure on them. That doesn't mean a whole lot though. When you're talking about Dalton Sneed, it's like everyone gets pressure on Sneed because the Grizz offensive line has been Swiss cheese all year. They've gotten a little bit better granted, and maybe they have something in them and maybe we're going to come out there and run our front four and not get anywhere near them. But um, uh, that's going to be one of the biggest keys is I think we have to get to Sneed. We have to, we have to hit him. We have to make him make quick decisions and not let the their deep patterns develop. So even if you're flushing them out, like um, the Cats don't have a ton of sacks this year, but the the, the D line has been very disruptive. And I mm-hmm. don't know if I don't think the Big Sky keeps track of like um, hurries or anything like that. But I think we would have to be pretty high in that category. We've we've we have a really good pass efficiency defense, and I think a lot of that is because the defensive line is forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket, um, flushing them and making them throw on the run or making them throw and getting hit. Like the sacks don't necessarily tell the tale of how good the D line has played this year. No, the thing that uh, I worry about most is he's kind of like Gage Goobert, where if you get too much pressure, he'll just step up and he'll, he'll just run for it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm worried about. You know, who used to do that against us quite a bit, who played for the Grizzlies, Jordan Johnson. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about him last episode. Two episodes devoted to Jordan Johnson now, or at least a mention of Jordan Johnson. That's yeah, Dalton Sneed's a poor man's Jordan Johnson, though. <laughs> yeah, he's probably a better runner, but he's not as good a thrower. But not to say Sneed's a bad thrower, but he he dials it. He is he definitely stares his receivers down a little bit, and he's not super accurate when he's under pressure. Because uh, he's um, – I I don't know who I was listening to today, but he kind of gets geeked up a little bit like uh, Troy does. So it's going to be interesting to see if we can't. Because this this is the biggest game I think Sneed's had in his career. So he's going to have to keep his emotions like he's going to be level-headed too. Because otherwise he's going to turn into interception-happy Sneed. I think there is a X factor of him and a couple, you know, on both sides. People who've never played in this game, you know, how how are they going to handle that magnitude? And it'll be interesting to see. And you're right, um, Ryan. You know, if he's geeked up, like you said, and he comes out first half and throws two interceptions or makes a, a silly mistake, that could be it. It's going to snowball on him. Well, it could be it. You know, uh, you look back through the scores – and I think this game is going to be decided in the first half. That's my prediction. I mean, amongst the other predictions that we're just like throwing out here <laughs> in this whole thing, and which probably uh, the lion's share are probably way off. Uh, the thing that keeps coming back to me is uh, how's this first quarter going to go? Um, and I think that's going to tell a, a, be a big – I don't know, just like sign of how the game's going to go. Yeah, I would even dial that right down to the opening possession. Or maybe not even the opening possession, but who strikes first um, is going to be, it's going to be huge. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it's, it's going to just change the the direction of the game on that. Who's so, willing oof. to gamble first? Pretty much, you know. I think if uh, tr- if we get the ball first, let's say we get the ball first. I'm pretty certain Matt Miller has a scripted drive first. First, um, you know, whatever. First, maybe two drives are scripted, or first, so many plays are scripted because. You know, if we get the ball first, the noise level is just going to be deafening. It's going to be silent count from the get-go. <laughs> and we're going to know what we're going to do right away. Uh, you know, Troy Anderson sees any daylight, he's going to be gone. And, you know, wouldn't that be one of the coolest things to see is, you know, second play of the game, third play of the game, Troy Anderson rips off. His <laughs> 60-yard touchdown, 70-yard <laughs> touchdown silences the crowd. That'd be it's, awesome. I, had, I hadn't really thought about that point until you just mentioned it is our offense is probably going to be okay with the noise because, you know, the snap count is a little bit different from how we run our offense. It's such, it's more basic. It's not anything fancy. So, and it's, it's so much of it's just running game, run left, run right. So I don't know, maybe, 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 I don't know. We're also pretty prone to procedural penalties as it is. So. Maybe I'm crazy and I'm wrong because that's one of the other keys I have highlighted is dumb penalties. Can't do it. We're going to do it, though. You know we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't I won't concede any of that, man. I just think that's bad juju. Yeah, I don't know. I've just – we just haven't shown – like even in Northern Colorado, we did some really dumb things, like just some just boneheaded plays. It's just, and at this point, you are who you are, like Troy – or not Troy, Choate says, so – as long as we just don't do them where it really kills a drive is where it's just the timely ones that really get us. Yeah. And we're not built, we're not built for procedural penalties because now we're five yards behind the sticks and that's, that's much harder for us. So, you know, I don't think we have the balanced offense to continue to, uh, you know, sustain calculated drives. I think when when we score, it's going to be big plays, big chunk plays. And um, that's going to either – I mean, it's going to be awesome when we do that. I'd be – but it's going to hurt us on defense when we have to go back out there. So uh, that's the, kind of that double-edged sword we had talked about. And Yeah. You know, I don't know, though. You know, we have shown the propensity to have a sustained drive. It just – gosh, there's so much – you never know with this game. You sure never has. know. And that's really the wild card. It's Cat Grizz. Yeah. We can talk about matchups all day long and sure. say the game's going to be this way, and it's going to be the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good point. And that's another matchup. Could you had kind of talked about who brings the energy or, you know, stuff like that. It's like Choke versus Hauk in that regard. Like, how do you think Hauk feels coming back from this? Um and how do you think Choate feels going up against, well, somebody not Bob Stitt this time around? <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I was thinking like Choate and Hulk should have some sort of like feats of strength competition <laughs> before the game where they just square off in like some sort of uh, Olympic style activities. <laughs> Man, I, like if these guys are <laughs> – around for a while these it's going to be such a fun battle because Hauk's going to be 
borderline disrespectful, not really talk very much, kind of I'm never going to spend any money in Bozeman kind of stuff. And Choate's going to come out and just block him on Twitter. So <laughs> it's just, it's going to be fun to, to see those guys just spar just outside the game, just the verbal combat or uh, on social media and press conferences. Did you, did you, did you hear Choate say that it, basically that how should have sent him a thank you card? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny because and it's true. Like how uh, would not have this job if Choate didn't beat, Stit two years in a row. You know, though, I was, I kind of see it a little bit different from you. I do think, um, beyond the, what everybody wants to make it the, the trash talk, I think Hulk and Choate have a great deal of respect for each other. And no, and it's true, but that doesn't mean it's not entertainment. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I I don't feel like that was the case when uh, Ash was our um, coach, and I don't feel like that was the same way when Stitt was their coach. You know, in in that way, I think Rob Ash was um, was what Bob Stitt was. Yeah. In terms of knowing the importance of this game, it, they just they lacked it, and they just didn't have that moxie that you need to have in this game in order to prepare your uh, team. No, Bob Stitt really was in a lot of ways a lot like Rob Ash. Bob Stitt was a little bit more, I won't say full of himself, but uh, Bob Stitt was definitely more of a self-promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they're both just they didn't really have that like killer instinct. Uh, they didn't really have that. They weren't like players, coaches so much as how can Chodar. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see both programs kind of had those kinds of coaches and both brought back like high bravado kind of guys back on the helm. So everything's kind of cyclical. And here we are running a very cyclical offense kind of thing, (laughs) very throwback offense. (laughs) So it's kind of funny how that all works out. So Thorny, let's move into um, not so much matchups. If you want to touch on some more stuff, I mean, it can come up. But let's talk the, about the, some memories. The only other and... matchup I wanted to mention oh, okay. before we get too far on is the the Grizz. I've I've heard a lot about how the Grizz wide receiver core is just going to have a huge advantage over our secondary, and I don't agree with that. Yeah, what I wouldn't think? agree with that either. Our guys are small, but that they're smaller than everybody. If a guy's six four, six two, it doesn't matter. Jalen Cole's like what five seven. He's still going to make a play on the ball. He's still going to crush you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like our guys have been playing just that well, I think. Like they've been, uh, Filer and Allen are just a great combination back there. It seems like our safeties are in really good position this year. How many of Allen's interceptions have come off of just being in the right place at the right time? It's true. Like even that last uh, interception at Northern Colorado, like which was an awful pass. That's one of the reasons I wasn't super excited about that game because that interception was a gift. I don't know if you, you didn't see the game. He missed his receiver by like five yards and Munchie got it. He just got a hand on it and tipped it straight backwards right into Jacques hands. But um, that, but that's another thing. Like Jacques is just, he's in the right spot to make the play. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes away with an interception. I just, they're communicating well. Um, they're very, very, Full of like sure of themselves, not a little, a little cocky, a little, a little swagger. I guess is swagger is just a modern day word of saying cocky. 
really, but <laughs> that they're playing well. And I, I don't think just because the Grizz receivers are big physical receivers that they're going to have a distinct advantage. Sneed's not going to make that throw necessarily if, if they're blanketed all over the field. No, and if they have Tyrone Fondono breathing down his neck or, you know, Derek Marks or Bryce Dirk, you name it. <laughs> so, I mean, sorry, I just, that's our matchup I want to talk about, really. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just wanted to get my matchup checklist. You, you do done. a really good job at interrupting me and diverting what I want to talk about. So, Well, yeah, you 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 – Kickstarting in the next phase before I'm ready, so I've got to reel you back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready now? Can we proceed? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I just took a drink. All right, let's do it. All right, Ryan, why don't you tell us when you were a Grizz fan? Oh, man. I'm glad I interrupted you. Yeah. So I, I had to bring that one out. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I've posted this on the board once or twice over the years, but uh, I grew up a Grizz fan. That's for sure. Um, I lived in Missoula. I had two stints in Missoula growing up. I moved around a lot when I was a kid, but spent some good time in Missoula. Um, went to a lot of Grizz games back before they had the end zone seated. They had like a big grass uh, you could, we would buy like the little pizza hut boxes and slide down them. Me and my sister when we were kids. So, uh, definitely Chris fan parents, both Chris alum, uh, how outside of that extended family is fairly split, but definitely was a Grizz household. And, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't even a, a cat fan when I came to MSU. I did not want to go to MSU. I wanted to do com- computer science though. And, uh, Bozeman definitely had a better computer science than, program than Zula did. So ended up coming to Bozeman, joining the marching band. Uh, I was at the Cat Grizz game in Missoula in the marching band when the streak was broken. And that's when I kind of just pow, school spirit just smacked me in the face. <laughs> Baptized. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, this is sweet. I don't know. Because I was, I was never a diehard Grizz fan, but I definitely was. So uh, just never had a huge connection to it in any way. Like I'd I can't even uh, fathom rooting for the Grizz in any way, shape, or form now. I'm definitely not even one of those, we're all from Montana, let's root for the Mon- – no, no. Yeah. I hope they lose every game they ever play unless yeah. maybe it benefits us in some way. <laughs> 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 like if if the Grizz have to beat this team and that team losing is the reason we get into the playoffs, I'll think about it. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for outing me. For my my youth, my Grizz fan youth, but you know we all make mistakes when we're young, and here I am. I've seen the light. <laughs> I don't hold it against you, Ryan. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I had to make an amends by now. I don't think I would be doing a a, a Bobcat podcast as a thirty old thirty five year old parent of two kids, <laughs> like on a Wednesday night. After the kids are in bed, <laughs> if I wasn't a diehard Bobcat fan. Not only a podcast, quite possibly the fourth best Montana State podcast. Yeah, I think the Northern Colorado episode might have moved us into fifth place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, gosh. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my, my story. I actually – I don't know if I still have it. I have like a 90, 1996 autographed football from like most of the Grizz team. So – I don't know what happened to it. I think it's gone. There you go. 
But uh, yeah, all my gear is long gone. So when I grew up, uh, I have family in the Bozeman area, in Bozeman. And so I always kind of grew up a Bobcat fan, but it wasn't something I really followed. My father went to Ohio State, and so that was mainly the team I uh, I ended up cheering for. So we just, you know, always on Saturdays watch the Buckeyes because they're on TV, and my dad went to Ohio State, and so we were just Buckeyes before we were Bobcats. Um. Enter 2001, a freshman. We go to the very first game of the year. I remember this. We were playing at Adams State. And the year before 2000, I think we were 0-11, if, if that rings a bell, underneath Kramer. <laughs> and so when I, I kind of knew that because as a, as a senior, I was like, you know, you pay attention. And you're like, okay, well, we really kind of suck at football. So I walk, <laughs> up, I walk up to the game. Not knowing what to expect. I've never been to a college football game before in my life. <laughs> I'm like, there's no one here, you know? So, like, naturally, I go in the middle of the student section. I'm going, okay, well, what's the best seat? I'm going to go right down on the 50-yard line. We're playing Adams State. And halfway through the game, um, Tyler Thomas was our quarterback. And do you remember that guy? Yes, I do. <laughs> he was horrible. Yes, he and was. So, we're playing <laughs> – Adam State, and actually, it might make sense now. Um, it just dawned on me. I think Adam State is the Grizzlies. Are they the Grizzlies? Oh, I think you're right. Actually, I think okay. State, I think they are the Grizzlies. Oh, this totally makes sense now. I just I just put this together because there's a frat behind me, and I'm sitting there, and they're spinning half the game, yelling, "Eat shit, Grizzlies! Go Cats! Go!" <laughs> I'm like. We're not even playing the Grizzlies, or are we? I don't know. <laughs> no, now, now, kind of, now I'm confused. So <laughs> that's the one time that that chant works outside of Cadbury's. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, when I was there, I was like, you know, obviously getting, you know, of, of course, Missoula, and I was like, man, there's some hatred there. So, you know, go throughout the season, and they come to our, uh, the Grizzlies came to uh Bozeman that year and I remember walking up on the stadium and <laughs> to get a Cadgris ticket. <laughs> I remember one game they're just like, Well if you want a Cadgris ticket, just go show your one card and they'll, they'll get one. Like there was no like official line. It was it was pretty low key. You could just walk up and be like, Yeah, I'll take one. So <laughs> I got one. <laughs> and I'm walking up and I remember just like seeing like these grizzly uh couple and they had like some obscene T shirt where this grizzly was just giving it to the Bobcat and uh, it had some sort of, you know, the streak number was on that. It was at that point, it was like, uh, what was it? 15 and 0. And we ended up being competitive in that game, which was pretty cool. Yeah. But we lost. And next year it was when the streak ended. But thanks to me joining the marching band. Yeah. So, but that was kind of like my adoption (laughs) into the Cat Grizz rivalry and, I, I did miss a game that year as a freshman. In fact, I went five years at Montana State, only missing three because I was dating this girl in Missoula. Um, but, you know, over the years, it just grows and grows and grows. And I remember when we won, uh, we beat the streak. I was sitting in um, North Hedges. I was rooming up on the second floor. And just the moment that felt like it was just an important moment. And, you know, seeing – I think it was uh, Joey Thomas at that time. He came across the edge and blocked a field goal to kick, to keep it at ten seven. I might be, I'm, I, I might be missing that stat or something, but I think we blocked a field goal 
to keep it at 10-7. I have like hardly any memory of that game because I, I was there. So I, I, there was no TV angles in my memory banks. That's just me in the end zone and a bunch of other band geeks surrounding me and <laughs> just kind of barely being able to see the game and pay attention to the game and getting harassed by Grizz fans quite a bit. <laughs> well, I mean, I totally remember Lule um, hitting Junior Adams for that touchdown. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, just in us smothering Johnny Montana in that game. Yeah. It, that game just ending up at a 10-7 score is just wild to think about that being the Cat Grizz. But just the, the instant relief, it felt that uh, we go on and win that. And then the next year, my favorite Cat Grizz memory of all time. Corey, Corey Smith takes it to the house, very first play of the game. I had never in my life been in an environment that loud. When he broke it, uh, I remember these guys, I mean, in the middle of the student section, we had thunder sticks. Do you remember the thunder sticks? Yes. <laughs> there was a guy on the Bobcat board. G-Tap. Who, was it G-Tap that yeah. bought? I thought it was, uh, who's the guy that has like Hank Hill as his avatar? Although I'm pretty sure it's G-Tap. Anyways, we had thunder sticks. <laughs> it was cold and Thomas takes, or not Thomas, excuse me. Corey Smith takes it to the house. Some, I get pushed back. I mean, everybody's going nuts. It is the loudest I've ever heard it. Somehow I get pushed or high five so hard. I fly back. I, I knock down three rows <laughs> or behind me. People just cascading. Nobody cares. Everybody's getting up. And you know what? You know what the interesting part was? We missed the extra point. <laughs> Did we really? Yes. That's, that's funny. We yeah. missed the extra point. And I was like, no, no. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I forgot about that. That's funny. We go down and then we miss the extra point. But it lives in infamy to this day. You know, that was such a cool moment. What's even funnier now, the highlight of that has, you know, Ty Gregorek on the sideline just, <laughs> yeah. just furious. Just cussing. <laughs> you could, there's no doubt what he's saying. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I think that might have been from the line, the the DVD series, the line, which I, <laughs> I have, I have a copy of that somewhere. But yeah, yeah there's Ty Gregorak. Just funny how things work out. And uh, here we are, Hulk back. Gregorak's a bobcat. I'm like what? <laughs> I gotta wonder. I mean, how is that playing out in Gregorak's head at at this time? Right? You know, how was it playing out in his head when Hulk got rehired? I don't know. Did you think about that? Not in particular, but uh, I mean, he has to have moved on. He just probably thinks it's like, I don't know. It's it's hard to say what he's thinking. There, there's probably a lot of things he could be thinking, but I'm I'm guessing he's just focused on winning the game. Yeah, because he's a he's a guy like that. That's what he does. I guess. I we, mean, you you wouldn't have switched your rival school if you weren't the kind of guy who could put that the outside noise behind, like just keep it out. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think we are the guys who overthink it. I think he's probably just like, let's go get this. You know, I think he, my, my gut feeling is he loves playing for, or um, not playing. He's not a player. I, I love, I think he loves working with Choate. Him and Choate are two kindred souls. I assume. What, what happened with Craig Rack? He was at UNLV, right? Nope. He was a, what do you mean? As a player or as a coach? As a coach. Oh, I, I don't know. You know what? With like a, like a strippers or something. <laughs> I don't think we should get into that. I don't think um, we should 
you know, talk. I'm just that. saying he might have like ill feelings because I don't know if Hauk fired him because of that. I, I don't remember. I'm just trying to wonder the dynamic of how the relationship ended. Is all I'm really trying to think of. I don't don't want to dredge up any memories of that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of curious. I don't remember how it ended. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly certain, but um, I. I don't think it's a positive story, so no, no, <laughs> stay away we from that guy. We don't talk about that. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's your favorite Cat Grizz memory. I mean, mine probably still has to be uh, just being in the band. I loved one of my. You, you think of all the Cat Grizz like highlight reels you can think of. I remember Evan Groves. Uh, what year was that? Where he had that? It was like a mud bowl, and he's just like slipping and sliding up the sideline where he ran for like a. 180 yards or something 2005 yeah that was a really good memory too i don't think i was at that one i think i had to watch it on tv but um that was a crazy day because it was one of those weird warm cat grizz it was like maybe like 50 55 that day sunny calm i remember i got a sunburn uh, on the, on the <laughs> south stands and i was like coming back my face was just like totally red i was like holy cow i got too much sun we won 16 6 that game uh, I felt like we dominated, but I mean, sixteen six is not a dominating score. No, but sc- scores don't always tell the full tale. Um, we we manhandled them all game. Like we were just the better team, physical team. We just couldn't put the final uh, nail in the coffin. But uh, was it was it sixteen to zero? No, sixteen six. No, I mean at one point. Not sure. I, I do remember, remember – uh, I'm trying to remember the Grizzlies quarterback's name. He was that kid from California. I mean, we made him tough on him all day long. 2005, was it, was it Burke? It wasn't Burkwist, was it? Yeah, that's what his name. Yeah, Cole, Cole Burkwist, yeah. Mm-hmm. There it was. He's pretty pretty decent quarterback. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just fun to think about all the highlights and the, the lows and the – like all the way up to Denarius McGee as a freshman in Missoula, 2010 – that was fun too. <laughs> I was, I was at that one. I was. That was a freaking cold game. Is that colder than when we beat the streak? Yes. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was one of the coldest games in Washington Grizzly history, if I remember correctly. It was <laughs> so cold. I was sitting in like the the uh, I don't know what north whatever end zone, like corner of the end zone. There's nobody around me on the. Like Grizz fans, Catman's nobody. I was just sitting there. My buddy went back to his like tailgate. He's like, I'm out of here. He's like a cat fan. We're winning the game. I'm just like, I'm sticking here. And I'm just like, my teeth are chattering. <laughs> it was freezing, but that was a really fun experience too. Like you just, it's getting memorable. Like you're freezing your butt off. Cats win. You don't forget that kind of stuff. No. I remember being on the field in 2003, um, taking the, Goal post down, <laughs> watching that thing get walked down to the Rock and R. Yeah, you know what's yeah. you know what's interesting is if you've never been down on the field, there was a significant crown on that field. Do you remember that? Yes, I sure do. Yeah, holy smokes, I didn't realize it. Into, I mean, you see it when you're up there, but like when you're actually on the field, it was just like wow. You, I was picturing, I was like, man, Scott Turnquist running you know, drag routes across that. And I was just like, man, he's going uphill half the way. You know? <laughs> <He is. laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. I was trying to, to, to drain, but which it didn't. No, so many mud, mud holes. Yeah. It was a, so, 
We have an opportunity to win three in a row. That would be impressive. There's guys on our team that have never lost to the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought, too. I mean, two in a row, it doesn't sound that impressive, but it really, for what this game is and the history of it, it is. In modern times, it is. And um, I I think we match up pretty well across the board. Like, I don't see any glaring weakness. I just – Snead does it to everybody, but I think we'll be ready for him. I just – I don't see any, like, how are we going to stop this type things or how are we going to move the ball against them? I don't think – I don't think we – I think Troy will be able to do it. I think um, Miller's been putting together good game plans, getting our people involved, and Logan Jones as another element. So I think we can win this game. Well, I, undoubtedly we can win this game. I think we will win this game, honestly. Yep. I, I, it's going to – it all depends on who comes out more fired up and who has the first game-changing play. And the other thing I might say is maybe the turnover battle. Like whoever wins the turnover margin. Those are kind of the three basic things, I guess. Yeah. No, I do think as long as Choate and Halk are at home, I think this will be a back and forth kind of rivalry. I don't think you're going to see, you know, streaks here and there, you know, at least not too big of a streak. So I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see Choate become, uh, to Montana State, what Bobby Halk has become to to Missoula, I think that would be good for our state. I yeah, it would be nice to be on their side of it and just have a generation of people grow up with that kind of mindset. Yeah, I, I I still think the mindset sometimes I just people think about the Grizz too much when it's not Cat Grizz Week, and I it's, it's just, you you want to shake the little brother tag, and I don't. That's why I, we need to win some more games. I guess that's the only way to cure that. It's winning games. Yep. And I think we can win it. So, you don't like Brawl of the Wild? <laughs> no, I think it's a silly name. I like it. I'm one of the people that are on board with it. I think it's it's unique. I think it's perfect fit for Montana. I don't understand why everyone hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's cheesy? Is that like people think it's cheesy? I don't. Know. I think it's it's always a physical game. It's a brawl. Come on. It's Montana. It's the wild. <laughs> I get all of that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that's not true. It's just, let's call it cat grizz. All right. Fair enough. All it's right. not some weird animal called the grizz cat. It's not the continental divide battle or I don't even, I don't even know. Coulter listed off five of them. I was like, well, what are you talking about? And he sponsored he was, by D.A. Davidson, the <laughs> Continental Divide. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like sponsored by Lucky Lils. <laughs> you know? No, well, that's who it is now. But I'm pretty sure D.A. Davidson had a hand in it at some point. But yeah, like it's like Town Pump or somebody now owns everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I said, gas station conglomerate. <laughs> well, do you have any bold predictions? So I have my sheet filled out here. I have key matchups, keys. Bunch of stuff we didn't talk about, which is fine. My bull prediction: big fat blank. I haven't. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I Way would to say, come prepared. You didn't have one either. You probably thought of one at this yeah, point, I, but I, I haven't. I, I, I uh, actually well, you, wrote you one down. You go first. You go first. Okay, I'm gonna say we have two sacks. Two sacks. That's a good one. I think those can be game changers. I think those could be like. Uh, 
you know, really put them behind the sticks. Uh, pivotal, pivotal moments right there. I don't know if this is real bold, but I think against a decent rush defense like the Grizz, I think we both Troy and Afonso go over 125. Wow. That is a bold prediction. Well, I was going to say 100, but, you know, go big or go home. I don't know, man. They got a pretty good guy over their name. Uh, what's his name? I, of course, I just forget. Who's their... Dante Olson? Yeah, that guy. The guy who has, as, as Choke pointed out, more sex or more tackles than uh, he probably should. <laughs> did, did you hear that? That's kind of an interesting comment because... And Coulter talked about it. everyone keeps stats differently, so I never really knew that. Yeah, I me re- either. I, I didn't weird. realize. I didn't realize like the cats tally tackles different than Northern Colorado does. I that's why is there not a standard? That's stupid. But uh, anyway, I don't want to take away from Olson. He's a great player, but it's just interesting to talk about. But uh, I don't know. They've they've given up some. Yeah, they have a good rushing defense, but Isaiah Saunders for um, Idaho had a decent game against them. That Dotson kid from. Sac State ran all over them. I mean, they've they've given up some big chunks. You know, Troy's going to get 125 on like six carries. Well, maybe <laughs> not. That's that's probably wishful thinking. But he's probably, he's going to go over 100. Um, it, I think. Well, I just think a lot of the game depends on getting not Troy going. So the bold prediction is also the we might need to do this to win prediction. Yeah, if we if we rely on Troy too much, it's going to be uh, we'll shoot ourselves in the foot at one point. Um, but yeah, so the, I think that's the best thing that Matt Miller has done is he's involved Travis Johnson, Kevin Cassis, and Infonse in ways that have been regular and steady and um, not necessarily predictable. And I think that's been really good. Yeah, I mean, I actually have that as my X factor for the game is Johnson because. He can do a lot, and he can hurt you in some ways, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Um, if anyone's going to take a deep shot downfield, I might bet money on Johnson, like just kind of a why not kind of thing. You talk about gambles. I think Choate's more likely to make a gamble in this game because he's secured the winning season. He's already proven that he's made the incre- incremental pro- progress that uh, maybe not as fast or as big as most people want, but you know he's secured his job by this whole fact he's had a winning season. So I wouldn't be surprised if he really just goes for it and holds nothing back and because why not win the game? And, you know, we're most likely in the playoffs with how the rest of the the country has shaken out. It's been a weird, weird couple of weeks, but we have a pretty good shot. Yeah, so, there's nothing to lose in this game, honestly. There is, there's nothing to lose. Like, worst-case scenario, um, yeah, we lose to the Grays, and it's a terrible feeling. We're 6-5. and five. You know we have all the pieces next year. Um, barring the quarterback, you know, we're just quarterback away as we, most of us have been saying all year. So, and I, th- I think that we, one key piece, right? There. Yeah. But I, th- I think we have it on the rosters. So I think, I think um, next year is going to be, although not to get too hard on tangent, we have a ridiculous schedule next year, but um, I think the point is, I, I think Choate, if anybody's going to take a gamble this year, because if it pays off, we're in the playoffs. And if it doesn't, you know, winning record for the first time under Choate, first time since the second to last year of Rob Ash. That's awesome, man. Are, how do, how do you watch the Cagliari's game? Well, like, I, 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 let me clarify what I mean. Like, 
are you like physically able to watch the whole thing and not like turn away and get too anxious about it? Can you actually just sit down yeah. and enjoy the game for what oh. it's worth? Now you you've gone two different extremes there. No, I don't sit down, but no, I can't turn away. I definitely like pace. <laughs> okay. I'll be walking around. I'll be sitting down. And as soon as you sit down, you jump up and and then you go get a beer. And there you go. The only time I turn away is if I go get a beer. There you go. Right. <laughs> I've been trying to wonder if I'm going to go to a watch party or not, but I'll probably just stay at home and watch the game. Um, I do have. Let's. Uh, so you're. We both have a bold prediction. What do you have an over and under? No, I do because I came prepared. See, <laughs> see how that feels. Hey, at least so, I wasn't a Grizz fan. All right, come on. Now. Hey, you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made okay. me mad in the middle when you when you deflected the way I wanted to go, and you're like, "No, no, we have to talk about this first. Hey, <laughs> like, you okay. also said, "Like, unless you have anything else to talk about, why would you say such a thing?" If, if you, <laughs> That, that was opening the door. I just happened to jam my foot in the door because <laughs> I saw it shutting real fast. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, anyway, over and under, and I, I have this for a specific reason. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 154, 154 rushing yards from Troy Anderson because that would break uh, the single-season quarterback rushing record. And I, I think believe, he's going to go over. I believe that's an internal record. I don't believe that's a – or is it a Big Sky Conference? No, it's a Big Sky Conference record. Excuse me. Yeah, it would break. Uh, oh, that brown brown kid from Cal, Cal Poly. Poly. Yeah, he has the record right now. So if if Troy gets one fifty four, he breaks the record. I'm going over. Yeah, I I think he can go over too. To be honest, I'm going to go over with that as well. You know what I really want to see is I want to see like good chunk plays with him. On a consistent basis. I don't want to see just like, you know, two runs where he's like 60, 50 yards. I want to see uh, 11, 17 yards here and there. You know, something where we're like, we're moving the chains, but we got something we can, like, we can exploit some sort of weakness and just attack, 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 attack. So that's what that's what I'm hoping for. I don't think he'll be stopped too many times in the backfield. Um, the only team that really did that really well was Eastern, and the, and the Grizz don't have any player like – uh, the Eastern linemen. So, uh, yeah, their linebackers make plays, but they also – and maybe they'll come up and hit Troy and he'll get one or two-yard carry, but they're also going to miss a read, and he's going to – like you said, he's going to score the long one. But I, I think he's going to be able to sustain a few 10, 12, 15-yard runs here and there too. Yeah. So, all right. I think that about does it. Yeah. Unless you, there's anything else you want to mention. I don't – I mean, we got – Whatever we can talk, but um, I think that's <laughs> everything I want to say pretty much. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, always yeah. a little bit anxious, always anxious on yep, this I'm, week. But, I'm like uh, tapping my foot right now, just excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll we'll leave it with a go cats, go cats. All right, buddy, we'll see you.